I really have just found that anytime I've ever been in a creative block, it means that the waters of that channel are a little bit low and that I need to go fill them up with something. And typically that means life, go live life. Then you will be filled up with inspiration or something else to get you moving, emotions perhaps. And to not take it so hard, to not be frustrated. This is for the others out there, the other ambitious people who want to play at a higher level in their life. It's time to get curious and get real. Join me, and together, let's find the others. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Find the Others podcast. I am your host, Joshua Church. Grateful to have you with us. New episodes are dropping every Wednesday and Sunday, so be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can get the notification when a new episode comes out. And give me a follow on Instagram at Joshua Dean Church to catch different clips and highlights that I post. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, you find something that might be valuable, please be sure to share it with a friend who also might be into it so that together we can continue to grow our tribe of others. Today, I am stoked to bring you a conversation with my friend, Macklin Bilski. Mac is a multidisciplinary artist, tech developer, and poet from Cleveland, Ohio. He is a modern day renaissance man. In his 26 years on earth, he has traveled around the world in search of inspiration for his work and esoteric problems that need simple solutions. Macklin's current mission is to inspire creativity and to introduce the awareness of a conscious living lifestyle. With the help of his company, Mind, Macklin hopes to demonstrate the power of thought and how beautiful life can be when you look for the light in all things. We had an epic conversation about lifestyle, creativity, creation, and everything in between. He shared some stories from his colorful time living in LA as well as adjusting to life back in Cleveland. Give Mac a follow on Instagram at Macklin and online at his website, macklin.io. He is a great follow with amazing creativity and art that he shares that inspires me constantly and many others around him. Please welcome Macklin Bilski. Macklin. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm so great. So great. It's sunny in Cleveland. So, you know, it's wow. A good That's how you know it's a good one. I'm repping Cleveland over here with the vintage Indians hat. I guess this is vintage now, right? Absolutely. They're going to retire that pretty soon. I, th- I think Chief's already been retired, but yeah. Yeah. Indians on his way out as well. Yeah, exactly. How's um? how are you settling back in Cleveland? You've uh, you've just uh, you've just moved back somewhat recently, right? Yep. Uh, September 2020. So it's been, oh, geez, I mean, almost four months now. Nice. Uh, settling in, man, let me tell you, it's been quite the roller coaster. It's actually quite a lot to you know go through to move from California to cold Cleveland, Ohio. Um, major yeah. changes, just two yeah. totally different lifestyles. And yeah, it's, it's a lot. I don't want to say culture shock because I grew up here, but it's close to culture shock because you could probably get Right. Well, I mean, you grew up there and then you went from that environment to L.A. And I'm sure that was a shift and an adjustment to make. And then the adjustment back. I think it's something that not a lot of people talk enough about. But like when you're moving, especially cross country, even when I was just moving here in San Diego, like it's it's an adjustment when you're shifting your whole day to day, when you're you're in a new place, a new city, a new side of the country, new time zone, especially Mm -hmm. like it, it can be it can take some some, you know, massaging and smoothing to actually settle in. Yeah, absolutely. And just, you know, learn relearning things like which grocery store do I go to or <laughs> what's my new laundry schedule, you know, just the simple human tasks that I didn't really think would be so different, even though they're the same task. It's just different methods to accomplish them. Yeah, so, for sure. What's, what's the relearning. biggest... What's the biggest difference in your in your day to day, like from when you were living in LA to now? Um, or well, I guess a better a question less- too would also be like, why the move back to Cleveland? Sure, there's a lot less people around me. I live alone now. We're in Los Angeles. I was living with six people, and the house would often fill up to ten or 
12 people a day in the house moving around each other. Um, so definitely a lot more alone time, which works well for me because I'm able to kind of focus more on the stuff that I'm looking to work on uh, as opposed to bouncing between other people's creativity. But it, yeah, it's that's that's definitely a major difference going from a lot of people to just me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the reason to move back is that it was just kind of time. Uh, I always liken this to if you're, you know, been at a sleepover when you were younger and maybe you stayed over your friend's house two days or almost going on three days and you're like, wow, I got to go home and go sleep in my own bed. Um, totally. It was kind of a little bit, kind of a little bit like that. So it was just time and I had some stuff I wanted to accomplish. I knew that it's been a, a hard year for a lot of people and I'd been distant from my family just by the nature of being all the way across the country. So it felt like the right move to come back, be a part of my family and, you know, physically be here and be present just in order to kind of reconnect and relearn each other as we've come to be. I mean, a lot's changed in such a short period of time that we've all had to alter ourselves in order to fit the new mold of the world. Um, and yeah, there's just a lot of dramatic change that felt like the time to be back and be a part of the city that raised me and maybe give a little bit of love back to that place. Yeah, that's great. And, and, and as an artist, I mean, when, when I think of Mac Bilski, like the first thing that comes to mind is artist. Like the first word that comes to mind is artist. That's, that's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Like that's just that's just what I think. And and we're gonna definitely peel back some layers of that today. I'm looking forward to our conversation to kind of really dive into that. But as as being an artist, is that is that do you find that that solitude, that alone time, having your space, does that lend hand in hand with that? Does that help you as you're creating art? Um, it certainly helps me create a certain type of art. Uh, it's not, it doesn't help and it doesn't hurt. It's just a a different approach to creating stuff. I think being Mm -hmm. around a lot of people is massively inspiring, but I also think being away from any other inspirations is really insightful as to what's going on inside of me. Uh, and when I'm able to go deeper inside of myself, I'm able to out a truer and deeper reflection of me which then you know is more relatable to other people in the world i suppose yeah interesting i like that and so okay you consider yourself an artist right what does that actually mean absolutely so what is what does Uh, that mean it means that i am more interested than the average person in being creative um an average person i mean just a just a person Um, but yeah, I, I have creative thoughts and, uh, a big part of my compulsion in life is to create those thoughts in reality. And it's as simple as that. I I think something, I see the beauty in that thought and I want it, I want to see it exist. And I move Mm. forward with that without hesitation. Got it. And different ways of expressing that. You've got a bunch of different ways you express those, those ideas, right? What, What are some of your favorite, what are some of your favorite ways of expressing that? Um, well, yeah, I do it all. Uh, I've, you know, produced somewhere between seven and nine albums for myself, depending on if you consider released project or unreleased projects, uh, a couple other albums for other people. So music's a huge one. Uh, photography was my first love videography and, you know, YouTube videos. I write a bunch. I have written volumes of poetry i mean i have a huge box of just poems i've written never really done anything with and uh more than ever i'm just loving painting i can't stop painting i keep having new creative thoughts in 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 the painting realm and Mm. i won't stop anytime soon with that yeah i I saw some YouTube live stream that you did and <laughs> and you were just on this massive, massive canvas. Did you finish that there, piece? Yes. Yeah, so that was that was a piece called A Million Little Fingerprints. And it kind of came about from an accidental uh, paint spill one day. And it just started a little seed of paper this big. And then eventually I blew it up to be eight feet tall, 24 feet long. It was like a six hour live stream. I did it all in one take and it took a lot of planning, a lot of figuring out how to get the live stream recording going. That was probably the hardest part of it all. <laughs> um, 
and then psyching myself up to make a painting that big. But yes, I did finish the piece. It was all done in one day. Uh, I've never felt so uh, at peace or free after finishing a piece. It's just incredible. Such a great feeling. That's pretty cool. Do you do you have any other plans of doing like is is that a cool way for creating in that kind of public way? Is that something you want to do again, or is that just an experiment? Yeah. Uh, no, I can, I still paint publicly. I I really do think the uh, process is just as beautiful as the product. That's kind of my uh, mo right now. So a lot of times on my YouTube channel, um, I just do a live stream while I'm painting. I don't need to necessarily talk to anyone or in the live stream chat while I'm doing it. I just, I put it on because it's one, it's a great way to capture the work and then later add value to the person that does purchase it. Um, and two, possibly inspire other people to see someone doing something creative and then get off their seat and go actually be creative. That's really cool. I'd love to dig into that a bit more because there's this whole thing that I'm always exploring, which is like the journey and the destination and the two different mm. things. And I feel like art is from for myself as well, from some of the writing that I've done and do on a consistent basis as well and different types of art and creation. It's always like it's always interesting how it plays into creative expression into into this idea of like a finished product. When do you hit send? When do you when is something done? Yeah. Versus like it was what's the purpose of it? Is the purpose of it the expression itself? Like tell me I'm curious to, to hear a bit more about your take on that. Ooh. What's the purpose? I actually just uh recently on my Instagram story shared two things. I'm I'm in my feels these days, just you know, think about pastimes and uh, it's part of my life. I, I often look back on emotions to bring stuff forward to work on with my art. But the purpose, there's two reasons why I create. The first, a um, little, little more egotistically, is to say that I was here to prove my existence on this earth. Mm. Um, if, if, I leaved behind, if I leave behind something, um, can you still hear me, Josh? I got you. Okay, I, I just uh, got disconnected. Um, good. My phone. But, um, so the, I'm going to go just take it back. So the yeah. first thing is, um, a little more egotistical and, um, that is simply to prove my existence here on earth. If I leave something behind, uh, as far as an artistic expression, it really does prove that I was here. So number one was to say that I was here. Um, and then the other thing, which is a philosophy I gained from the movie Citizen Kane, um, which the underlying theme of that movie is that you never actually meet Charles Foster Kane. You only ever meet the people that knew him. And basically what that story tells you is that we are at the end of our lives. We are we are only the people we are only the person that other people remember us as. Mm. So uh, in order for me to exist in this world and leave behind a mark, I have to give of myself to others in order to, um, in order to exist. So very simply put, both of those answers are, one, my purpose of creating is to exist and to say that I was here. Um, I, I keep it that simple. A third one I'd like to add is possibly just bring some smiles to other people's faces because I think it's it's so interesting to look at every piece of creativity that anyone ever creates. Um, it's so insightful onto who they are on the inside. You know? Yeah, that's fun. Uh, that's also fun. That's a fun side effect for sure. Yeah. That, um, that I love that. Uh, and, and I feel like that's what we all want as humans, right? Because there's this kind of crazy thought. It's like, and... 300 years like after three generations like nobody really remembers right like you don't really you don't have much context of your great great most people don't of their great great grandpa or their great great grandma mm -hmm. right it's just kind of like right. they're the people before you and it's it's too far away to to think about so so it's an interesting idea of of leaving something behind and we leave the things behind through our actions and through the ripple effects through you know raising kids mm -hmm. perhaps through the way we interact in the world and I, I like that idea of creating art as like a almost as like a I was here like a, like a leaving your mark on <laughs> on the yeah. planet yeah absolutely I like to keep it that simple I mean it otherwise I might get too caught up in the the other stuff about it, you know, I, 
personally, I do it because it makes me feel really good. Yeah. Also, yeah. You know, a side effect of that is saying that I was here. Right. For so. sure. Yeah. It's uh, it's an interesting thing for me. It's like always the the most powerful art that I've ever created has been because like it's 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 like an, it's an intimate healing process of myself. It's a helping oh, it's yeah. processing something. It's it's it feels like something that I have to share or I have to do. It's like it's like calling. It's like begging me to just throw it up, basically, right? And then yep. sharing that with others. I mean, for for me, it's really about like you said, it's like giving other people permission to do the same and to understand that it is one big. It is just the world is one big canvas. Our life is just one big canvas, and we can create yes. every expression is a creative expression that we can be the artist who. Yeah, and you know, you find out that you can really make anything that you want. You know, you yeah. have the idea. You can. Art simply, you know, you keep it simple and you can draw a stick figure. If you can do that, then maybe you could draw a better figure. Maybe you could do something more. Maybe you could chop some wood and build a small bridge. I don't know. You could, you can do anything. Basically. Yeah. It's but. a, it's a very cool way of looking at, at the world and something I've always admired the way that you, the way that you see it that way. It's like, Hey, it'd be cool if I made hats that had mind on it and, and stood for something. Mm -hmm. It'd be really cool to have these notebooks that I could share with other people. So tell me a little bit more about like the different ideas that you have there. There's a notebook, the different ideas that you've had and that have you've brought to life. Okay. Well, the notebook is the perfect example, truly. Um, that, that to me is like the perfect inventor story. And it kind of gave me the process of figuring out how to build things and uh, iterate. Um, you know, the, they say that invention made from necessity is the only thing that will remain. And it, it became important to me one day that I started writing down my thoughts when I went on really long walks. So I would just go out for really long walks. I'd take 10 note cards, I put them in my pocket and just start writing, start, keep writing, keep writing, keep writing. Um, eventually one day I was like, oh, maybe these could stay together in an order. I'll put a ring around the corner. I put a ring in the corner. There was like a bent up paper clip that I turned into a ring. Um, and then one day I realized that it was too flimsy that I could probably add a second ring and it'd maybe make it more into a booklet. Um, and then finally I realized, oh, I should just make it with stronger paper that's actually sized uh, appropriately. So when I take a picture, I can post it directly to Instagram and I have to do anything special to it. Uh, yeah. Now today, probably 40 iterations later, I have the absolutely perfect version of that, which is the mind book. Um, and yeah, it's, it's for me, it became a necessity to just be able to write my thoughts down. And now I have created what I think is the best way to do that. If you're walking, cause I, we don't need phones all the time, right? We gotta have some peace of mind. So, yeah. I um, love that, man. I was just talking with yeah. um I was just talking with um with a with a trainer of mine and she was saying um how she uses her she likes her Apple Watch because uh she can when she goes on walk, she doesn't have to take her phone with her. And mm -hmm. I was like, that's cool. But then also when you go on walks, you have your phone with you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But then like exactly. you always you, it's like it's a pros and cons. It's like you always and her point, which was a really good point, is like it's it's a net positive. She's on her she's on her phone and using it less because it feels like it's there. So I'm I'm all with that, and I think that's great yes. that she's doing it that way. That's which is awesome. But it's this kind of crazy idea that like we're there's there's very rare times where we're not with technology or with our phones or with our watches oh, or man. smart devices. And we're all, cyborgs. Right? Yeah, we're cyborgs now. And in every definition of the term, we are cyborgs. We have become reliant on technology to help us live our lives. Yeah. Have have you read um Homo Deus by Yuval Harari? Have you heard of that book? I have not. Uh Sapiens, uh, it was a really famous one he wrote. It was okay. his first book. If you've heard of that, um yep. really really great. Brief history of humankind. It just it, it's very insightful to look at when we talk about not knowing your great great grandpa, talking about looking at our ancestors as we've evolved through time and through the agricultural okay. revolution, industrial revolution, scientific revolution, right? These different evolution jumps and spikes for, for us yeah. as humans. And, and in the second book, he talks about Homo Deus, which is where is humanity coming now? And we're, unique, we're in a unique standpoint where your people are, for the first time ever, you're more likely to die from obesity than hunger. 
you're more likely to oh, die wow. from um, suicide than um, infectious disease, and you're more like or than all forms of um, of 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 war combined. And it's just like we're in this unique time right now where like it's the t- times are changing completely. But what he says is what we're becoming is homo deus, which is we're going to evolve from being homo sapiens into this new category called homo deus, which is like half man, half machine cyborgs, as you're saying. Wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, Neuralink is on its way. I mean, they're going to be doing human implants hope, potentially before the end of the year. So um, what is the artist? What is the artist? And you think of that? Um, well, one of my personal goals with, uh, my application, I just released an app on the app store. That's basically an archive of all my work. Uh, one of my personal goals with that is actually to train an artificially intelligent chat bot to be able to respond to messages as if it was me. Um, so I'm really interested in the idea of the singularity and human and artificial intelligence symbiosis. I think it's terrifying. I really think that uh, as Kanye might say, no one man should have all that power, but, um, it's, it is as frightening as it is exciting because if I could in the blink of an eye search Google without ever having to lift a finger, um, I would know a lot, you know, I'm already omnipresent on the earth because I can communicate with anyone anywhere given I had their contact information. Um, but to be, you know, all knowing would be another thing. And I say all knowing because if I could tap into the, the information sphere of the internet without any sort of, uh, can't you do that now though? You just have to type yes, I, a few keystrokes or talk to it. Yes, I can, but there's still there's still a, a haptic delay. There's still yeah. human interaction that needs to be right. You know, that needs to happen. Not, it's not just there's there's um brain to hand. It's an inefficiency, to, right? When you think to of device. it, for sure. sure. It's not. It's pretty darn good. I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think Google's pretty good. I think it's pretty good. But uh, yeah, I mean, just. I, I often say when I'm writing poetry, I'm, I'm just speaking with my hands. So I wonder, I've wondered, is, is there a brain in my hands or is it because of the connection between my, my body and my, hmm. my mind that it's speaking that way? Um, but yeah, I just, I really do wonder what it would be like to have um, the ability to scour the internet just by thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But also, how would we discern? How would we turn that off? You know, it's, it's, it's very, very scary. Yeah. Pretty crazy. <laughs> so the app is the app is launched. Is it? It's available to download now. What's the what is yes, the app comprised of? I haven't checked it out yet. Sure, the app is uh, it's on the App Store and the Google Play Store. It's called Macklin M A C L I N. That's my name. And right now, it's just an archive of my work. Uh, I post behind the scenes videos. I've included about well, currently I'm upload. I've uploaded about twenty percent of my photography gallery. Um, cool probably 10% of my painting gallery. Um, and I'll just continue updating as I go. There are art competitions. I really like to inspire creativity and give uh, little sparks to people so they can possibly get creative on their own because I've seen how powerful it is to just think artistically. Um, and we're, we're going to start doing more community-based things like group chats or one-to-one FaceTime Zoom calls just because it's access. I feel like I do have a lot of information. I feel like it's my uh, my duty to share a lot of that information with inquisitive people. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a really good way to you know get value for my time through those communications as well as offering information to people who need it. Right. What What's one piece of information that you find yourself sharing with inquisitive people over and over just again? Just go. Just go do it. Don't ask me about how to make your art. I don't know. You just go do it, figure it out, figure it out. Because then you learn. You'll learn on your own. And if you're truly interested in the thing that you say you're interested in, you'll go do it. And then you'll figure out your own way to do it. And then it will be entirely unique to you. Mm. So I like that. What's something that you went and just what's what's an embodiment or an example of you doing that in your life or your work? The first painting I ever made, well, I, I technically is my second painting. 
um, was a five foot tall, 12 foot long painting. And it was like this massive outpouring of pent up emotions and thoughts that had been weighing me down for a really long time. And I had no clue what I was doing. I didn't know how paints work together. I didn't know um, why I was even wanting to do it really. But I, I did ask, I did in fact ask my cousin who is an abstract artist, um, what, what do I do? And he said, get paint and then paint. <laughs> uh, so that, that was kind of my introduction to, you know, figuring out one, how to paint something creatively for myself. And then two, um, yeah, no one could, no one could tell you, you know, no one can tell you what to do. You just have to go and try your best. And if it doesn't work out, well, you learn something. And if it does work out and you find out that you might have an inkling or a talent at something, maybe you should do another one. Keep going. I love that. Get paint and then paint. That one's coming down with me. That's a, <laughs> that's a great one. It's, it's simply, simply put, but I think it could apply to anything else in life as well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it's, you know, I just had a conversation with one of my friends about the uh, you know, Jocko, what's his name? Jocko yeah, Willink. Willink. Yep. Um, you know, his, his book's a little tough. He is a, he's a Marine. Uh, he right? was, uh, he's a former Navy SEAL, right? Which I oh, extreme he's ownership. A seal, seal. Yeah. He's got a, a couple of books. Yeah. Yeah. My dad just gave me extreme ownership, but a lot nice. of the stuff he, he talks about is kind of that mentality. Like, Oh, you don't make your bed in your morning in the morning. Go make your bed in the morning. Oh, like that's it. Oh, you're sad and depressed. Stop being depressed. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, like, yes, I get it. But sometimes it's not that uh, on and off. You know, right. not all of us are Navy SEALs and have right. that uh, capacity to just change our minds on things. But, um, but we all we all <laughs> do have the capacity to change our minds, which is the cool thing. Yes, and, we do. and changing our mind might not be from going from if you're depressed, stop being depressed. But it could be you're depressed and go seek some help or raise your hand and ask for help, like mm -hmm. making the decision to, Hey, I'm experiencing this and I don't want to experience this anymore can be as, as, you right. know, as parallel to like, I want to be an artist. I want to be a painter, get the paint and paint. <laughs> like it's a starting yeah. point. <laughs> Jump you, on you in. Can only, you can only do what you can do. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's super cliche, but you know, if, if you wanted to paint a picture of a tree and you go paint a picture of a tree, you learn how Josh church would paint a tree and there's a, there's an elegance in that and it's incredibly simple but once you find out that however you make something is how you see it in your mind or how it flows through you it, it's that i think it's so beautiful i think it's so beautiful it is beautiful what, what about when people say like oh i'm such a bad i'm so bad at this or i'm i'm such a bad draw or i'm bad at trees what are your thoughts on that um i mean it's it's all Definitely. It's, it's all perception. I mm -hmm. think there's something about having artistic taste that certainly does differentiate people. Um, you know, some people just say it cause they're fishing for compliments. Other people mm -hmm. say it because they don't allow themselves to be creative artistically, but they might be, you know, I, I think about the list of accountants I know from, from college and all of them say, you know, I'm just not that creative. But then I, I look at their, their spreadsheets and yeah. how they organize things and how they view the world in the, the nu uh, numerical sense. And I, I find that that can be their way of uh, bringing art into the world. And it, you don't have to think that just because you can't draw, you know, a boat or a, a tree or a flower or whatever it might be that you're not artistic uh, or creative or bad at doing something. You, you're probably just better at other things and that's okay. We're all different. <laughs> So good. I, I feel the same way because for me, some of the most creative things that I work on, like I'm, I'm a total, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I work in operations. And, and so I, mm -hmm. I love, I love op operations are so creative to me, which sounds so funny. Like when I can roll my sleeves up and I can like, and I'm coding between two different programs and I'm creating a system for something and I'm deep in mm -hmm. Excel or an air table, or I'm in these softwares and I'm, it's just like, it's, it's creative. Cause it's like, cool, here's a problem. And how do we solve this problem? What's the most efficient way to do this? Like that there's, yes. there's a, there's an artistic component to that to me, which is I get, I swear, like I get my, 
it's it's it would be identical if you were to watch me at my computer it would be identical i'm sitting there with my cup of coffee my headphones on if i'm like writing something i'm the most passionate about writing that i'm going to yep. share with everybody or i'm like creating a system and coding something <laughs> it's funny That's how amazing. that works well i like i really like what you said about uh recognizing a problem and then creating a solution mm. That's, I think that's the root of all of it, right? Recognizing a lack or something where there's issues and then finding a way to fix that. Um, a lot of times I just see blank walls and that's kind of problem that I see. But, um, you know, just there's, there's plenty of ways to solve problems. I think every, every problem has a solution. Yeah. We all got to find answers. We all got to find out. There's a lot of different problems on this earth. Mm. What's a problem that you're passionate about solving? Uh, I think rooms aren't acoustically uh, designed properly. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Wait, tell me more. I just think rooms are too loud. I think they're too echoey. And I think that um, can affect a lot of people subconsciously. They don't even realize it. Hmm. I have pretty sensitive hearing. So any room I go into that's echoey or there's like a slight bouncing off the walls of acoustic sounds. I really don't like it. I don't like loud places. I don't like clubs or bars because I can't hear myself think. Um, so one of the things I've done to solve that is I actually started painting on acoustic paneling. And hmm. a lot of my my large paintings, we're talking three foot by four foot or even four, like up to four foot by eight foot, um, are actually acoustic panels. They're set up to be beautiful but also reduce the ambient sound levels in a room interesting that's pretty cool and i love the i love the bringing the art to that making the art a piece of that yeah it's technology just like anything else you know but something so simple and yes you look at it as a beautiful piece of artwork on the on the wall you might not even know that it's going to do what it does uh but that's just the extra touch i'm looking to put into things that's pretty that's pretty cool one of my favorite pieces that my mom has is a um it's it's a menorah right so for hanukkah mm -hmm. you light the menorah it's a menorah but it's made out of um, metal from uh, a rocket that was fired into israel and like landed and exploded oh my god yeah and so there's this whole there's a whole gallery there's a, a couple artists that like take mm -hmm. that and they like rework that into different pieces of art which is like to just make like, take something so destructive and turn it into something beautiful. Yeah. I yeah. love that. That I mean, that's like the emotions with that are very intense. That is right. Yeah. Pretty oh my god. Pretty powerful. But that reminded when you were talking about the 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 panels and like bringing solution with your creative twist and expression to that, it reminded me of something similar. It's like a, a practical almost you know, expression of that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm learning recently that uh fate favors irony whatever the most entertaining result is often you know the one that <laughs> comes true i like um, that <laughs> do you have, a, do you so have an bizarre. example um it is just a comedy that's what i've learned life's a big comedy sure. yeah it's it's all a big show um directly no but it, i'm sure it appears in in uh, elements of my life. There, last weekend was pretty comedic. I'm not so interested in sharing all the uh, the intricacies of last weekend, but I can just tell you there's there are some ups and downs. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm an artist, and sometimes it takes me into some interesting places. Yeah, follow in your heart. It's 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 uh, it's always exciting. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Do you uh, do you use any substances, drugs, psychedelics, anything like that that mm. helps influence your art? What's your what's your thought or take on that? Uh, I have in the past, but I'm I'm not a fan of it. I personally don't like marijuana. Um, I I think I did in my younger years, but now it's just it's too much. It it's so intense. I'm actually starting to think that it's too much for a lot of people, and the high THC levels just send us off to another planet, and then we're not in touch with ourselves anymore, and very disconnected. Um, so as a, as a sensitive person, it's become way too much. I, and I have actually stayed away from it. And more so recently, because I'm focusing on uh, lucid dreaming and uh, 
yeah, just being more present during altered states of consciousness that are not controlled by a substance. Right. Um, alcohol, same thing. I really, I really like a glass of whiskey after a long day of physical labor, um, which do, they don't happen often. I don't, I don't know. I don't really care too much to drink anymore. I'll do, I do have a cup of tea before I paint. I like ginger tea. Um, I don't think that is, is too psychoactive, but I, I really do. I, for some reason, it just puts me in the zone and calms my mind and maybe gets me into my heart a little bit more um, to have a little more coherence through my entire being and the piece that I'm working on. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's interesting. The, uh, the the lucid dreaming. Are, is that something you've been working on for a while? Tell me a little bit more about lucid dreaming. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been interested in that for a long time. I kind of recognized when I was young that I had very vivid dreams um, and just really strange. For example, if I ever take NyQuil, which I don't anymore, um, I actually dream in calculus and geometry. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean? It, I I can only describe it as feeling as if I'm an infinite plane and there are repeated geometric uh, patterns and equations that occur as well as calculus equations. That sounds like Um, a nightmare to me. Geometry and calculus were my two worst subjects. It's pretty nightmarish. I mean, it's really (laughs) bizarre. Um, But that being said, I mean, it's something incredibly unique. I don't know many people that have that. So I, I noticed from that that I do have a a profinity towards having unique dreams. And then uh, I've, I've studied a lot of psychology and uh, Jungian analysis and Freudian analysis and diving a little bit deeper into the uh, perhaps the imagery of what a dream is trying to tell us. I have mm-hmm. found a lot of um, relationships between my, my personal interpretations of my dreams um, that I write down every morning. Um, and just the outward life that I face, I, I really do think our subconscious picks up a lot of information uh, in the in the world around us that we don't always intellectually perceive. But to be able to have that communication with you know the the core of us is something that can bring to light maybe something that is lacking or that we're anticipating or could really help us improve ourselves and or help me improve myself. Let me just leave it at that. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I noticed that if I have any sort of psychoactive substances or alcohol, um, I can't get into that same dream space and then wake up and remember enough to write down mm-hmm. what I'm experiencing. Makes sense. That's interesting. Yeah, the dreams are uh, dreams are powerful. The dream state is a is a powerful one. I've certainly had some some pretty crazy lucid dreams and and messages mm-hmm. received in, in dream state as well, and I've found the same thing. Um, that's interesting. So, okay. I'm, I'm curious. I, I want to hear a little bit more when, so you're shifting chapters now, right? Coming back to Cleveland. Yeah. Um, what was the purpose of your LA? Like, do you see LA as like, was it a business trip? Was it like a, like mm-hmm. you said, a sleepover with friends? Was it like, <laughs> why not? How do you view? Cause, and, and I'd love to dig into it a bit more. Cause I, it seems sure. like you had a pretty unique situation, living circumstances and situation yeah. in LA. So I'd, I'd love to hear about more of the intention and, and experience behind that. Totally. Um, initially, uh, May 2019, I went to LA to uh, not be sad about a girl. Um, and I realized just kind of how, you know, high the vibes were, how exciting it was to be out there in, in such a creative place around so many creative people um, that have really achieved a lot and took a chance and took a gamble to go follow their dreams in Los Angeles, California. Uh, I, I always thought it was silly to chase your dreams and go to LA because that's where everybody goes. But it actually started to make sense once you're around a lot of other artists who went to chase their dreams. And then if you're surrounded by a bunch of artists, the creativity flows a lot easier. Um, so yeah, initially it was just to kind of recover. Uh, it did then become a two-week stay and then went uh, back to Cleveland for a little bit, then two weeks back to Cleveland, two more weeks back to Cleveland. And then uh, in September 2019, I decided I was going to stay for a little bit longer to help my friend Logan uh, during his training for a boxing match. And it just Were became you training a mission. Him? 
Were you? I was what, not what training were you him. Doing? I was, I was uh, taking a lot of photography, just behind the scenes, capturing a lot of moments, and then um, just training as well. I mean, not not throwing any punches or anything, but just being a part of it. And you know, long runs are pretty boring if you have to go by yourself, so you might as well bring a friend. That's right. Um, yeah, just getting in shape, helping my friend out, doing the best I could to be a supportive teammate. Um, after after that kind of two month period, it just became evident that uh, I was able to help out the team a little bit. And my big thing is kind of offering my my skills and services as best I can to people I care about. Mm. Uh, so that that became a natural place for me to do that. I fit in really well, and obviously I've had a long history with my friend Logan. Uh, and yeah, it just became the place to be. Stayed there yeah. all for almost almost all of 2020. Yeah. Before moving back home. Tell me a bit more about the dynamic. So, I mean, where you said there was oftentimes lots of people around in the house. So you were, you were, you know, <laughs> creatively showing up and sharing your talents and gifts and expertise in that way. Like yeah. what, are, what is everybody else? Like, what's the vibe? What is everybody else doing or working on? Um, well, it's a, I would say mostly video content career house. And for those who don't know, uh, my good friend is Logan Paul. I did mm -hmm. grow up with him in Cleveland. And he's one of the world's top video entertainers, um, as well as other mediums as well. But yeah, we just all had different aspects of creativity that we brought to the table. Um, a lot of the people in the house were mostly working on videos. The people that would come over would be shooting vlog content or some sort of um, comedy sketch or you name it, really. It, is just, it could be anything. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I've had a lot of experience. I started doing all my creativity stuff with video. So I've been around the block. It's been about 14 years uh, that I've been doing this kind of work. And not many 25-year-olds can say that. But uh, yeah, just everyone's making videos. Everyone's kind of helping each other make their videos. Whatever that meant at the time, mm -hmm. it's always changing. It's uh, there's all, Every day there's something new because content has to go out to... Uh, go to the masses and high intensity, high production rate, quick turnovers, um, and a lot of strict deadlines. So it, it's just ever flowing, uh, nonstop, can't stop. Kind of thing. <laughs> what, what's something that you, that you learn from being part of that and behind the scenes? Like most people don't okay. realize because, because I know like Logan and all those guys, like there's a certain image that people consume and they see like what's yeah. something that's behind the scenes that like people don't realize it goes into that perhaps like what, what, what yeah. about that? Uh, it's definitely not as easy as a lot of people might make it out to seem. Telling a story is hard enough just through conversation. Now imagine doing it with a camera and an editor and uh, actually providing value through that. Uh, you got to be consistent and consistency is key just in this world maintaining attention it's kind of the the eyeballs you know two eyeballs is more valuable than a dollar um and it's it's so bizarre that it works that way but it really is attention is the new currency um so it's, it's a bit frustrating to have to live in that sphere um why because it doesn't uh sometimes cause sometimes it makes you feel like you're creating for other people as opposed to for yourself um, and I personally am creating as expression for myself, um, mm -hmm. so that other people can relate to the deep personal elements of it. Um, but yeah, th other things I learned, yeah, you just got to stay consistent and, um, have fun. Just laugh more. Just yeah. Laugh. Did did it feel like sleepover with friends? Because I know when I, you know, with my friends up in LA, it literally felt like we were having sleepovers every night, and that was such a fun part of life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's like kind of what you aim for as a kid. You're like, man, I, my friends are so awesome. Like, I wish we could just hang out all the time. <laughs> yeah. And it, exactly, that's what it felt like. And every day was I'm telling you, every day was something new. So we never lacked excitement. And um, yeah. It was, what, it was fantastic. What was the biggest challenge that you faced or you collectively faced as a team while you were there? Uh, I mean, there was a coronavirus pandemic. Um, that yeah, was that pretty happened. difficult. Um, 
you know, believe it or not, it just might be that the time spent together, you when you're forced into a, a box, all you know, granted it was a very nice box to be stuffed <laughs> into, um, you, you just find a lot of overlap and you don't have a lot of room to stretch your legs and um, be alone for a moment and yeah it, it can it can really weigh on people to be trapped very close in close quarters a little bit claustrophobic mm. um at least personally but yeah just so you know you spend time with people too much time with people and you're like wow all right i gotta go get away for a second and that, that could be your your closest relatives your family members your spouse you know it doesn't matter who it is sometimes you just need to breathe and be alone it's kind of yeah. hard to do that for sure that, that definitely makes sense so i can i can see that the uh the adjustment to cleveland you're getting a lot of that alone time now the breathing room it sounds <laughs> yes. like yes yeah, a lot of breathing room that's uh that's pretty but, cool what could you say like was the the wildest thing that or the most unexpected thing that might have happened during that chapter i'm sure there was some crazy things that came through that door oh man uh, yes the wildest thing, I mean, you—if you know anything about the <laughs> about that sphere of people—it was always something, always something. Um, well, I—I th- I think one of the man, one of the most fun things I got to do was uh, run sound for Machine Gun Kelly. I've got to be a like the audio production person for a live performance by machine gun kelly um and that, cool. that was just like being a kid from cleveland that's pretty epic i mean i look up to that guy and uh certainly you know use i don't want to say use him as inspiration but dang he's that guy's going absolutely bonkers right now and it's, it's amazing to see his story and it really does show that you're from cleveland you can still do big things so um that was one Oh man, um, <laughs> I frankly, it's it's such a boring and cliche answer, but just living at the top of the internet was every moment of it was pretty extensively ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a you pretty know? unique, uh, pretty unique standpoint, right? Pretty unique vantage point into you know yeah. creating and uh and sharing and creating things and and around being around people who are creating things for so many eyeballs right oh yeah yeah oh yeah i guess also you know being on a podcast seen by millions of people definitely opened my eyes to what it's like to have a international presence in a sense that's right um, so you were you were on the what's it, impulsive right yeah the, yeah absolutely the, on the say were you on a but yeah like as a regular guest for for a bunch of those yeah i was the third co-host i think it was something like 50 episodes no 40 episodes maybe nice um yeah fantastic time it was a lot of fun uh just a a how many times have you had a conversation with one of your friends and been like wow i really wish we recorded that <laughs> yeah um, so to be able to do that and have it done so professionally and, you know, just look so good afterwards is, is pretty cool. That's fun. Yeah, that's that's literally I was just sharing with um with one of the recent guests I had on my podcast that, that this was literally the reason why I created this podcast was because I was tired yeah. of having too many. I, I was tired of having too many conversations where I was like dang we should have recorded this like this this would have been good to record because i know somebody could have gotten something from this so here we are sharing valuable information you know this the age of aquarius is upon us or has already dawned as they say the age of Mm. information um it is very important to just you have if you have knowledge or experience on something there's a way to share it now um that can reach someone else and Mm. either improve their life or encourage them to do something more right yeah i feel we're totally in the information age i feel like we're transitioning and i'm curious to get your thoughts on this as well but what i think the next evolution of this is and the most the more important part is 
it's like the implementation phase or era because we have all this mm. knowledge but what are we mm. actually doing with it like we can we can do we can learn I can go online right now and learn any instrument i want i to learn to play any instrument i want learn any language i want all for free yeah. i can do all of this stuff i mean for free you know you pay with your data and you pay with your eyeballs right in that way but for yeah. free or for very low cost i can go learn from the top minds in all these different areas through ted talk through masterclass like all these different things so it's yep. it's really inspiring but the question is what are we actually going to do? Because knowledge is, knowledge is sure. great, but without actually implementation, it's meaningless in my opinion. Right. Information does not equal wisdom. Uh, right. It's how you apply yourself. Um, so, yeah, if you, you know, if you could push a button and learn anything in the world, would you do it? Would you still do it if it took six months mm. uh, for that information to download uh, and actually make sense in your mind? Some people don't have that kind of patience. But everything that I've ever seen or learned has pretty much come from the internet. Of course, I did go to high school and college, grade school, all that. You know, I learned something there. But for the most part, I've learned a lot from monkey see, monkey do. The internet, YouTube University is fantastic. It's it's all about how you apply yourself. If you can, if you can dream it, it can be done. You need the necessarily necessary skills to learn how to do something. There's probably a video on it. Um, and if there isn't, you just go figure it out, but we, we need more driven people. I think there are a lot of driven people in the world. I think every day there's new solutions coming up in the form of apps, technologies, and, um, you know, material devices and all, all the beautiful medical advancements we've made. So, uh, yeah, we know a lot, but there's a lot of information. Do we know a lot? Maybe the wisdom yet. Not sure. Right. Yeah, that's that's really I love what you said there. It's like, would you press a button and learn whatever it is you want to learn, download whatever it is like we have that ability. But the question becomes, are you willing for it to take the six month download time? It's like when you update updating your software and it being like it's a it's six months to actually download and it's going to take effort too that's the thing mm -hmm. it's going to take effort but if you put the effort in it's going to be yeah. rewarding and you're going to get the thing done but that's that's how I, I view at least our minds and our bodies as the the hardware and software that we have and the ability mm -hmm. to upgrade our software to upgrade up level our thinking our perspectives the way we see the world it's pretty fun because it's uh, we're creating in that aspect absolutely and you can you can want to do all these things and you can want to work out and you can want to read a self-help book but you don't actually, you know, get up and go do it. You'll never, ever achieve the results you're looking for. Uh, so, I, you know, resistance to change or reluctance to change is something that definitely sets a lot of people back. Because, um, you know, sometimes current life works for people. And they're yeah. maybe a little bit complacent. So, get the paint and paint. Get the paint and paint. It's <laughs> that simple. Uh but yeah, like, it's, it, of course it's not. Of course it's not because you still got to get in the car and you got to go to the store and you got to spend the money and then you got to come home and then you got to set up the stuff and then you got to think about what you're going to do. Um, Simple but not easy, so. I'd say. Yes. Simple. Like simple doesn't have to mean easy, but yeah, certainly simple. Um, uh, Macklin, this is great stuff. I'd love to hear um, your thoughts on... Do you have any creative blocks you ever get into? Writer's block type of thing? Oh, is yeah. Painter's block? What is that? What's your relationship with that? Resistance? You know, I know the whole book, the sure. the war of art, right? Like, what's your whole, uh -huh. what's your whole, what's your whole uh, take on that? Um, I think creative blocks are intended to damn the flow, uh, in order to let the uh, the locks fill up. So. You know, if you have you ever been on a, a canal, uh, a, a boat on a canal where they have to fill the locks to raise the ship to then travel on to the next uh, part of the yep. canal. I really have just found that anytime I've ever been in a creative block, it means that the waters of uh, that channel are a little bit low and that I need to go fill them up with something. And typically that means life, go live life, and then you will be filled up with inspiration or something else to get you moving emotions perhaps and to not take it so hard to not be frustrated when i'm not able to write a poem or when i'm 
like I, I haven't made a song in a while and it like it hurts. It's very frustrating that I have been unable to make music. I mean, I used to make three beats a day and now I can't even make a, a loop, simple loop that sounds good to me. Um, so I, I leave it, I put it off in the corner and, you know, I'm so grateful that I do have other outlets in painting or, um, taking pictures of people, uh, or things, whatever it may, might be. Um, but yeah, just knowing that if one thing isn't flowing, I can move on to something else and maybe, maybe that channel's open. Maybe the painting channel's open that day. Maybe the, um, you know, cutting up wood and turning that into a, some sort of sculpture channel is open, but not, not getting frustrated when I am blocked is the biggest thing. Really great. That's a great insight. That's very valuable. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. That's uh, it's, it, it, it makes me think of ch- channeling that into another direction. Like, cool, this is, this is blocked up right now. That just means that there's an ability for it to flow in another direction. And then when you flow mm-hmm. in the other direction, it's probably going to unlock that channel as well, but to not like double down the resistance on it. So much of the writer's block that I've faced in the past has been like, dang it. Like, why is this not working? Like, why can't I do this as good as I did? And then it's like, you yeah. feel crappy about feeling crappy and you feel crappy about feeling crappy about feeling crappy. And it's just like that spiral downward. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it's also, there's a, an element of not giving up on it too. Mm. You know, you have to, you have to know that, you know, like I really do love making music and I do think I've said some powerful things and created some really interesting sonic arrangements um and yeah although i'm not doing it right now a year from now two years from now, i mean i still plan on releasing my debut album when i'm 27 i haven't made a song in three months and there's nothing i can do about it um so I, i've set a deadline and i'll achieve it and i know that i'm going to come back to it and although it might be painful right now i'm not giving up on it it's something i really do truly believe in for myself so i'm not I'm not done just yet. I can't throw in the towel. Great. That's awesome. Um, last question I have for you, because an mm. hour is blown by, as it typically does yes. when we have these conversations. Sure does. What does uh, MIND stands for something, as I'm looking at your hat here and on the notebooks? Yes. What does MIND stand for? MIND stands for MIND. Uh, my company is MIND LLC. Very, uh, very, very grateful for that. Um, for me... Very simply, uh, in 2018, I really decided I was going to focus on mindful living. So every day I would take a pen uh, and write on my hand, mindful. Just write it right here. Mm-hmm. I would write mindful every single day. Uh, I wrote it for 365 days straight. And then one day I realized that writing mindful just took too long. So I wrote mind instead. Um, over the process of that, I realized that it was just a, you know, a beautiful reminder to always stay ever present and live consciously. Uh, and as I was going to file for an LLC originally under a different name, that name was already taken. Mind was written on my hand. I said, all right, I'll just try for that. I got it. And my, my goal and my mission with that is to truly awaken conscious living in as many people as possible. And, allow them to realize that they can think their own thoughts and live the way they want to live. Uh, it's probably the most valuable thing that I've learned is to just be here now in the present and be willing to not project my thoughts, but receive input first then make my uh my judgment and then uh express my my thoughts out in the world so just being aware and reflective with everything Mm. um yeah and just by putting mind on it on on anything whether it's hats socks a coffee mug uh the little notebooks that i i do hand make i hand make every single one of them so that you know you know that they're made with intention. Uh, I just want people to know that they can think for themselves and live the life that they dream of. Mm, love it. It's a nice little mic drop right there. Macklin, Filsky, <laughs> thank you, my brother. Great to uh, catch up. Great to get a little uh, a little snippet and a little 
little taste of uh, of the way that your beautiful mind uh, works. So thank you for sharing, man. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. Do you remember? Do you remember a deal that we made in uh, Santa Monica, sitting at a cafe, about your Oof. art? I remember <laughs> sitting in the cafe. I don't remember the deal. Uh, the deal was that I'm gonna buy your most expensive piece of art one day, and I'm gonna be very, very happy to do so. So, um, well, I, you might want to do that soon. The price is going know, up, and it's going I, up quickly. I know it is. I know it is. I know it is. Um, so, I uh, I love you, bro. Thank you for sharing, and um, looking forward to uh, watching your creative and artistic journey unfold and seeing all the art you create. Thanks, Josh. Love you too, man. All right, bro. Take care. <laughs>